Welcome to the Ferb Experience Podcast. This is our first official episode. Uh, you know, I might release one of the sample ones we did previously. I was just testing the audio. Uh, but we're going to cover a lot of different things in this podcast. The sports, uh, really interesting people, interesting ideas, anything that's going on in the world. Uh, anything I really feel about, you know, that I want to go over. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Fairby, and today we have uh, Dan Finan with us. Glad to be here. All right, so Dan, uh, give us a quick little background. Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, I did my undergrad at Millsaps College located in Jackson, Mississippi, where I played golf. After that, I got a degree in finance, and then I decided to pursue my master's up at the University of Mississippi here in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I did my master's in one year. I had a background at first with Renaissance Bank where I worked on consumer loans, and through consumer loans, I got an interest into real estate where I first began as a property manager slash realtor, and now I'm a full-time agent located here in Oxford. Wow, that's a, a mouthful. Now that's a lot of stuff. By the way, we're going over real estate in this episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, you played some sports in high school, didn't you? What I did, all, yes. What did you play? Uh, I mainly played. I had. To, I was forced to play basketball and baseball. I used to. I love playing soccer and baseball, but I just stuck to only uh, golf and basketball in high school. Cool, cool. So you're you're pretty good at golf. You're a scratch golfer. I used to be. Now I work. So <laughs> as they say, there goes the game. It has at least five shots. So I, I'm gonna give you all a quick little background. Me and Dan met in small group. We go to Pine Lake in Oxford, Mississippi. That's where we both live. Um, one of our first experiences was me asking Dan. Uh, I. No idea who he was or anything. I said, Dan, will you please fix my Your slice? slice yeah. Please fix my slice. We met at the university. What do you, what, how about this? What do you remember about that? How bad was it? It wasn't as bad as I was expecting because at least you were hitting the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I had solid contact. I would smoke the ball, uh, but I could not hit it straight. And what the crazy thing is, too, I used to hit it really straight before I started golfing. And whenever I started golfing, I started slicing the ball, which is crazy. Yeah, you just start cutting that club face. That's what it is when you, because when you're in downward motion, you're chopping down at it, so your f- club face is, is pointed outwards. So when you cut across the ball, it puts that spin on it to where it s- sends off to the right. You know, there's a lot of things that make me mad. Velcro makes me mad uh, for some reason. I don't know what it is, but whenever you rip Velcro, I really hate it. Yeah. Uh, locked doors make me mad when I don't have a key. I hate it when people lick their fingers really loud. Oh, that's disgusting. That, that drives me nuts. Yeah, I hate not making a million dollars a year. That sucks, too. Yeah, uh, dang. I have to be on this podcast today, like, uh, Beach House in Malibu. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, upstairs in my room in Oxford. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know what really makes me matter is slicing the ball when you go up to a tee, especially when there's, like, someone behind you, like, wanting you to hurry up while you're golfing. It just makes you want to break the club across your uh, knee. You know, I, I, I would leave a bunch of balls out in the ponds and just – throw the ball, and I would eventually just stop golfing and ride around in the car because it pissed me off so bad. I think that's what a lot of people do, so you can't complain. Yeah, so me and Dan, how long have we been friends now? About two years? About two years now, yeah. About two years since I moved to Oxford. He's one of our first friends uh, that I met. Uh, so your official title is a real estate agent. Real estate agent, yeah, just real estate realtor. Agent. I'm okay. probably going to pursue my brokerage sooner or later, but got to do a little bit more um, studying for that. If y'all hear some uh, weird... Like sounds of breathing. That's my dog. I have a golden retriever named Cash. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's he's the goodest boy I think. But he's in here with us, <laughs> and I just gave him a bath. So he's really nasty. Uh, so technically, like, do you 
you know, you're really educated, really smart guy. Do you have to go to school that long to be a real estate agent? I mean, you don't. You don't even actually have to even go to college to be a real estate agent. All you have to do is get the do the required coursework and the hours for um, being a real estate to be able to first get your realtor license. You have to do a 30 hour course to complete that. Um, and then uh, you have to then take a test. So either depending on where you live, you have a, a state test and then there's a national test that you have to pe- uh, pay to be able to take. And then if you're allowed to take the national as many times as you want, but the state, at least for here for the Mississippi, you can only take it two, two times and then you have to like wait like three months afterward, or three or six months before you can retake it again. Mm, okay. Uh, so let me ask you this. Is there an advantage, uh, obviously, of going to school? I would say there is, uh, as opposed to not going to school. I would say so, yes, just because um, you just get used to that mo- that mode of just buckling down studying. I mean, I don't think – I think, like, anybody is capable of being a good real estate agent, even if they're, they haven't been to school. But i definitely say having a background of going to college could help prepare me to be able to know to focus and be able to take the time to be able to study and get this li- my license. Mm, okay. Uh, I've always thought it would be a really cool job to have, too. You kind of make your own hours. You talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you know people, uh, it would be a lot easier, too. Oh, know? that's the main thing. I mean, all I'm doing is mainly talking to people. My whole entire job is just communicating, talking them, gaining their trust and belief that I'm going to perform the best job for them. Because, I mean, after all, I'm handling probably – a house is probably the normal person's biggest investment. That they make in their entire life. Oh, definitely. So, I yeah. mean... It's where people live. It's yeah. Home. It's really important. It's their home. Um, so, how about this? If I was to come up to you and say, I know nothing about real estate, would you explain the world to me real quick? I mean, be brief, uh, be detailed, do, do whatever you want to, but how's it kind of work? Like, if, um, I'm, if I want to buy a house. If you're wanting to buy a house, the first thing that we always like to tell people is to see about getting pre-approved by a mortgage lender. That way, then you know exactly your price range because you don't want to say, oh, I think I can afford a, let's say, a $300,000 house. Well, then you go show the place, you decide to make a contract, and when your bank, when you're noticed to tell you, like, hey, you're going to owe this much monthly, you're going to sit there and go, like, I can't afford this. I can't do this. So that's why we usually like to get people to get pre-approved. That way, then they can set you up with the price range, and usually they can tell based on your credit score and based on your... Um, based on what you work, your job title, they can then set you up, be like, say, like, hey, you can be approved. Like, one of our buddies, Austin, yeah, he yeah. got pre-approved um, for a, where he was, he could do all the way up to 190 a for his house. A lot of money, yeah, a lot yeah. of money. Like, he, he, he was lot. thinking he could only do, like, maybe, like, 150 to 160, but he could actually go all the way up to 190 based on what he was making, and he still, his monthly payments would still fit his, yeah. his budget. Didn't it, didn't it get close, kind of? How much did they pay, 178? I want to say it was, like, in the 180s for their house just because yeah. that... Where they're specifically looking, um, there wasn't as many houses available. But the one that they found, which I think is a great deal, was in the upper I, I range bet, that they wouldn't have been able to even look at. Probably. I bet they'll make money off that house. Too, I think they could, for, yes. If we're being honest, yeah. Uh, by the way, Austin's probably going to be on my podcast later. He uh, works at International Paper uh, in, around the Columbus, Mississippi area. He recently got married. Congrats. He, yeah, he recently got married. Congrats. I was actually the best man. We'll go over that speech at another time. That was awful. Uh, <laughs> oh, you good. You didn't read it from a script, so that was good. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, I have a cold sore now from that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't but even it, eat. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even eat during the rehearsal. Anyway, uh, so how do you become well-known in the world of – uh, real estate. Mainly, it's all about PR, man. I mean, just getting out there and just like talking to people. Because um, I mean, it's honestly like at least where we're where we're located here in Oxford, 
There's, I think there's around like 400 different real estate agents here in town, which I mean. 400? There's over 400, yeah. You're serious. Dead serious. And I looked. Oh my like, I looked gosh. to see like how many properties are actually available like on the market. Yeah. I think it's like 530. And at least, and multiple agents have like multiple like 10 plus listings of their own. So I mean, that's actually like less properties available per realtor involved. So it's a, it's an extremely competitive market here. Um, but it's mainly just constantly saying out, I've always heard that to be able to get your name out there, people have to see your name and your brand at least seven times before they register. Yeah. I mean, like you can hand out a business card like, hey, my name is Dan Finan. I'm a real estate agent. Oh, cool. They'll get your card, bury it in their wallet or just throw it away. That's why I put it in my wallet. I never look at it again. Yeah. You don't see it again. Yeah. But like you just have to constantly have that presence to be able to see them. Like you either like keep following up, like talking with them, like saying hey to them. Because, I mean, the best best friend is being nice. Because if people know you're nice and you do a great job, they're going to refer you to other people. And that's how you keep your name out there is by referrals. Because it's so hard to be able to, when it's extremely competitive, to be able to say, because you're offering the exact same product as the, other, as the other realtor. You just have to convince them why you are better and why you what you will do and work for them will be better than the competition. That's all right. Let me ask you this: What about so we live in Oxford, Mississippi? It's where the University of Mississippi is located. Yeah. Uh, what What about Tupelo, man? Tupelo's booming. You think it'd be easy to sell houses there? Um, I think it might. I mean, there's a lot of the hospital over there. I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, really good business in Tupelo. Yeah, it is kind of growing, but um, it's like a family town. Yeah, but um, when I talked to one developer, um, well, not one developer. It was, he's an inspector. He said, um some of the areas around us it's just like so much backwards because like he actually went to the place like hey is this place is the house ready are they ready to move in can i do the inspection like, yeah yeah sure he went there there was no electricity there was no water like it, the house was not in shape to be ready and he's like are you able to even sell this house right now because it was just it's just so ba- it was so backwards he said like the real estate like yeah, the, at least like the game, the yeah, game of real estate. The game of real estate, yeah. But I mean, um, there is definitely opportunity anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you have to just be able to make it on your own if you can get out there. What about rural Mississippi? Like, if we're we're talking about like Calhoun City, we're talking about the Delta. Can well, you see, sell real? Or is it more property real estate? Well, see what you're able to do. You're given a section. Like for me, being in Oxford, I'm in the North Central Mississippi um, MLS system. So I can sell anything in um, like Abbeville, um, Water Valley, Coffeeville, Batesville, basically almost in like, I would say like an hour radius. Yeah. Like if I can get there, except like it cuts off for us going out there to like Pontotoc. Yeah. It cuts us off. But anything in basically an hour radius, I can sell. And if not... What about like Holly Springs? Could you do that? I could do Holly Springs, yeah. Wow, dang. Yeah. But another thing too, like I work for Remax Legacy Realty here in Oxford. Which is like Remax is also known as like the number the big one, boys. yeah, big boys. number one real estate firm in the world. Like it's like of the like top one hundred like recognized brands. It's number five was last year on the charts. Dang, man. So like people recognize that balloon. That's why like and plus with that we're the largest firm out there. So I mean also like I can send referrals. Like again, I'll use Austin as another example. Yeah, you got a referral. He, he, I got a referral from him in Starville. I knew hey, he has a buyer, so I immediately sent his information. I call, I contacted the broker down there in Starville. I was like, hey. I have somebody who's already pre-qualified who um, is looking for a house. And I was able to give that information of Austin's to them, and then they were able to find Did them you actually house. talk to Caitlin Gilbreth, too? 
the... I didn't talk to her. I only got to talk to the broker. Did you know that... Uh, her little brother was one of my best friends in high school. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, so, you're just now telling me this. Yeah, I forgot Dude, to tell you. All right, so Colt Gilbreth is from Texas. All yeah. right, me and Colt played baseball, football, soccer. We played every like me and him were like, you know, how me and Will are. Yeah, 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 exactly. Me and Colt were like that in high school. Like me and him did everything together, dude. Like we'd always be hanging out and stuff. We always had each other's back. Uh, yeah, and then he moved to Kansas to play football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was his older sister. Man, she used to pick us up from like practice at baseball. And stuff. That's we used to steal her Jeep at night. <laughs> <laughs> and we used that, to drive that, around. I, that doesn't surprise me, so I definitely will believe this story is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Let's keep going with uh, the real estate. That, right. was, that was really funny. I miss Colt. Colt, if you listen, man, I miss you, man. All right, so uh, what's the difference between a broker and an agent? Um, Both are allowed to be able to sell and buy properties, be able to represent. Uh, real estate agents, they work underneath a broker. A broker is able to be able to go out and start their own real estate firm in their location, and then they have agents underneath them. Generally for, um, and you also have a head broker who takes, they're the ones who take any responsibility. So let's say like for me, I'm a real estate agent. If I screw up on, a, on something or like I get in trouble with our board, it falls back on to my broker. So the broker takes, takes all the responsibility for everybody underneath them. But because of that, they also get a piece of everything. So for us, like different transactions, see, and a lot of people think when realtors make commission, like generally it's between four and six percent. I'm thinking y'all get ten percent. That's yeah. what I always thought. Yeah, you're thinking ten. No, but see, for I was me, like, Dan, let's make you some money, boy. Yeah, you thought if y'all had bought a house, I was gonna make like forty thousand dollars. Oh my god, what sixty? No, that's not how it works, and it's a it's a very mis. And people do not understand that either. But for like, for whenever you decide to sell a house, like let's say you're using me as a real estate agent, um, and we sell it on six percent, I'm not getting that six percent. That six percent is being split between the buying agent and the selling agent. So in this case, I would be the the selling agent. So if another agent came and said like, "Hey, I have a client to buy this house," they would get the other three percent. Oh. Um, so it wouldn't be split. Now, if I'm able to, if I'm able to list the house and somebody off the street call me like, Hey, I see this property. Um, I would like to buy it. Then I can represent them. And that's how I'd get the full 6%. But also because that brings back to the brokers part. So usually for a real estate agent and brokers, depending on like a certain level threshold, usually there's, there's a split. Cause like for mine, it's 70, 30. So anything I make off of a sale, I get to keep 70%. And the thirty percent goes back to the the company itself. So really, companies making bank. Companies making, and plus with me being with Remax, um, it's a national brand, so I have to pay for my like license there. So actually, five percent gets taken off the top of my total commission. So let's say I had a commission of five thousand. So before I even get that, first I get five percent taken off of that. That goes to the company to be able to hold for my license. Then I only get seventy percent. After that, five percent is already cut from that. So, so you're, like you're losing thirty five percent right away. Actually, kind of more than that. Yeah, that's kind of crooked, man. It's not honestly to be able to be a part of the. It's a national chain. Now, you feel like it's worth it. It's worth it based on like because the people I work with, I love the people I work with. Yeah, I'm gaining knowledge. Like because I mean, where I started out, I literally had no help whatsoever. I was having, I was looking back on old contracts to be able to see how you even write the contracts. Because you did how to even yeah. say because I wasn't having any training whatsoever. Yeah. I mean it, it. I mean you have to learn somewhere. You yes, know? Uh, that's no knock on you or anything. Um, so how do you become a broker? I mean, a broker you have to do another um, set of hours. Um, for me, at least for the state of Mississippi, either you have to have your um, 
sales, you have to practice, um, I believe it's three years. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Of having your own license, or there is a there's actually a loophole in Mississippi where if you do uh, you have enough college hours, oh, you so can go. I bet you could do it. Yeah. You, well, you have to st- study in real estate. Oh, though. Okay. That's yeah. the thing. Like my friend, she was able to do that. She she had a major in it, and then she was able to take the same test. So you take the identical test. It's just you have to have a greater percentage of passing. Like for me, um, taking the the uh, national test, I had to get a seventy percent over seventy percent. And then a state test, I had to get over 75%. For it to be a broker, um, you basically add 5% to that. So it'd be 75% on a national Real easy. and then yeah, 80% you could do it. You could definitely on a state. Yeah. Um, so if you're a broker, do you have to have your own company? You don't have to. No, you can be an associate broker, which we, ha- we have at our company. I think it's six other brokers in there. But you have the head broker who's in charge of everybody. Then you have an associate broker. So everyone- basically, basically, it's like saying like an average Joe like went to college and then they decide to get their master's. Yeah. So then they have that extra title to yourself. It's the but same they, thing. But they get steady money from that. Yeah. And plus you have to pay actually a higher um, fee to the board itself. But to me, like I'm going to probably get it myself because honestly, like people like to know titles. Like it's, it's, It helps distinguish yourself from like, hey, this is an agent, but this is a broker. So it like, has a little bit more um, more weight to yeah, it whenever you sound, say that. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Especially when you hand out your card to somebody. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this: uh, yes. If I'm trying to buy a house, what's you have different sales strategies? Like, uh, you got like a bag of tricks, you know? Um, he, he's grinning right now. Y'all can't y'all can't see him, <laughs> but this curly headed dude, he is grinning like a possum right now. Um, Let's hear it. For now. me, whenever I when I deal with um, looking at real estate, I kind of take a money ball tactic to it. Yeah. For money ball, for people who don't know the movie, they do basically play the odds and they do. They see what odds are to be able to get the hit. Like, who's going to be up there to be able to make the hit? For me, I look at the past history. I look at everything that's sold, why that's sold, and what for. So, like, I look for, for mainly the price per square foot of a home. That usually is an indicator. Like, every home has their special bells and whistles. Everything has their own little features. Some have granite. Some have a bigger yard. But usually the square footage is what mainly determines what I value in a home. Yeah. So what I do, I break it down. I see, I generally look, I try to look location at- Location too, right? Location. Oh, location's a big deal, yeah, yes. Yeah, location's But I'm just, I take the proper, um, price per square footage in that surrounding area. I try to do five, but usually you can't even get comps sometimes. Like, sometimes it's two, and then you have to just pull from another area that looks similar. Yeah. So it is a little bit tougher sometimes, but I look at the best, I gauge an average price, and then like for this one, I'm about to list a property in there and like there was about there's four homes that were available in there two i know based on my data didn't match up they were overpriced and there were two exactly on it that matched my price and actually the two that matched my price actually got a con- pending contract on them after i had talked to my people so it actually validated my um, research on it but i just gauge it i say hey we can do this um these houses value between 120 per square foot and 115 per square foot um, based on it without any features whatsoever. So if this certain price range, I believe this will work for you. So Dan, uh, yes. can you sell me this pencil? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with Man, you. Man, I always hated that when I would get that question. What is that? What is the movie from that? Uh, it's like the Jordan Belf- Belfort guy. Uh, I don't know. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. But That's I do, I do remember um, 
I heard one guy who did it like where somebody said, I want you to sell me this pen or it was a laptop. So he took the pen and went home and the guy called, called him like, hey, I want my like my pen back. He goes, oh, here, I'll sell it to you. Somebody did that. I remember, oh, I remember hearing yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty before. smart. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I mean, you're kind of stealing the property. So. All right, yeah. so uh, there's a guy back home uh, that's – man, he, he went from uh, doing something else to selling houses. And that guy is just stupid rich now. Like how do people get rich doing this? I mean how do you stay rich? Like, I mean it's definitely – it's very lucrative. Real estate is an extremely lucrative market because the more houses you sell – the more money you make, of course. You can make your own hours. Um, realtors, they they can work 24-7 available. Um, they constantly call people, look into properties, ask. Um, so, I mean, like, if you, especially if you can get a developer, if you get a developer behind you, then you can list all those houses, then you're set, pretty much. Because then you're listing all those houses, people are buying them. If they don't have a representative, they're going to reuse you, and then when they decide to sell then they're going to reuse you because you're the yeah. agent. That, as long as you had a good experience with them, then they're going to more than likely reuse you. So, I mean, and it's all the time. So that's why you will see a lot of realtors that are like, that are older. There are a lot of older realtors. You're like, why are they still working? It's easy. It's easy for them now because you know what they did? They spent that whole entire time building their brand. Their name is their brand. So people know them and they trust them and they know they'll do, do an acceptable job. So they go back to them. Mm. So it's really a, just a timing thing if you it's as long not. as you can weather it and i'm not gonna say it's, it's not a get rich quick scheme. it's not, no, it's, it's not. Uh-huh. it is not there are i did not realize how many how many hidden fees there were like it's 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 a couple grand like more to be able to even get started yeah and then you're and then it's a commission job you're basically living paycheck to paycheck if you don't have an if you don't have another revenue of income which can be tough at times yeah so how did that uh how did the thing you were telling me about last week that you were doing with on Friday? They got not compensating for paying y'all. Oh god! Whatever happened? This this um, is a, a I'm I'm publishing this podcast, so don't like you know. Bash I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> go too far into it. Um, Just give give us the result. How about that? So first, I guess the background was like this guy was uh, selling this house right, and yeah. he didn't compensate. Like he didn't think about like all right. paying. Yeah, the, you, you, you just yeah. explained it. Down. All right, so that? for people who are not as familiar with real estate, whenever you decide to get a real estate agent, there's usually that commission. So the commission comes off the price that you get for your home. So let's say you're getting a house for um, two fifty, and then you are doing six percent. Well, you're not getting that uh, two fifty. Immediately, that six percent is being taken out of that two fifty before you even receive that money. He couldn't understand that, and he had a loan that he was having to pay because he actually he bought this house, and in four months' time, after he'd already got a loan on it, he had to resell it. So he has to pay off that loan, and it ended up being more the loan than he what he got after the total like five percent of the sales price, and he couldn't understand why that. The money that he was being received, the two twenty four, wasn't being able to pay out his loan instead of going first to be able to go to the realtors because the realtors get paid off of that immediately by the um, by the company by the um, law, law offense. It's ridiculous. I mean, it <laughs> happens. It's it's you hear stories about it, but I mean, it's it's getting resolved now. It's not a big deal. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just, um, he just didn't understand, even though, like, you explain it to him, and it's written in the contract, 
that you sign. Like, it's the first page. But sometimes some people don't understand. And then also another misconception people do, whenever you're buying a home, get a realtor. Because a realtor has the knowledge to be able to um, negotiate. Get you're you the best deal. Yeah, get you the yeah, best deal. because, I mean, they'll fight for you, and then they'll be able to get you treated right. But, I mean, like, people think, oh, I'm paying for the uh, I'm paying for this agent whenever I'm buying. You're not paying an agent. Agents working free unless they have a special clause where they have to based on their agency. But generally, they're working for free, and they're getting paid by the seller. So go ahead and utilize an agent whenever you purchase a home. That way, they have the knowledge and tools to be able to help find the deal best for you. All right, so we only have a few questions left, Hand. Uh, what is something you would like to tell uh, someone aspiring to be a real estate agent, a broker? Uh, what would you, any tips, advice, uh, precautions, anything like that? If I was them, I would make sure that I was prepared for, like I said, all the hidden costs. Um, I know I couldn't have started being in real estate if I had, a, I first started as a property manager and doing real estate. So I was still getting paid hourly, but I mean, I could also do commission for any sales and I didn't really have any sales. So if I was just living off of sales, I wouldn't even be able to eat, afford hot dogs, honestly. Like it, it'd be terrible. Like yeah. I really couldn't pay anything. Um, so I'd make sure that you're, you're well prepared for any hidden costs. How how long would you say save up? About six months, maybe? Save up at least six months of bills? It would be, if you could do that, um, then yeah, I would definitely recommend about that. About six months, Because yeah. I mean, Yeah. Because, and you're not going to immediately get a sale first. Because, I mean, like, as I said, a lot of real estate agents have already been well-established in the market. So, you got to get your name out there. So, that's going to take a little bit of time, too. And then, if you think about advertising. Yeah, I feel I mean, like you use that first sale to build your name, too. Like. Yes, that's that's exactly what I did. When I, made my, when I got my first sale, I put it into advertising. Yeah. To be able to get my name, like, published more. Um, I'm seeing a little bit, like, I saw people, like, recognize, like, hey, I saw your ad. I saw it. But it's not like they're immediately using me still. They're still using the people yeah. they know. You have to just constantly just keep on waiting, like give it time. And then when people start hearing about you, then that's when you can like really start getting more clientele. A lot, like, a, a lot of it's word of mouth too. Like the, It is word of mouth. Dan has, uh, I, I mean, I'm such a good friend. Uh, Dan has one uh, house. Yeah, he has a listing <laughs> that uh, I told I mean, it was just me talking to him. Yeah, it was just you talking to somebody. Yeah, talking to someone and they said, uh, yeah, we're about to sell a house. I said, oh my yeah. gosh, man, I know the best real estate agent in the state of Mississippi, I probably mean, the country. And they said, really, he's that good. I said, he is the Steve Irwin of real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so did you call me a jackass, then? <laughs> no, I'm uh, oh, I am sorry, Steve Irwin. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You, you got the listing, didn't you? I did, yes. You did, you did okay. Uh, so is there anything else you'd like to say about real estate now? Um, the only thing else I would say, um, I know I've been dealing with this with a lot of people, um, the difference between for sale by owners and using a real estate agent. That's my, That's another topic. Um, so people mainly think like, "Hey, I don't want to use a real estate agent. I want to be able. To, I want to be able to sell my home. I know my home better than anybody else. Nobody can come in and tell me what to they do." They think they're saving money. They think they're saving money. They yeah. think they're going to save money because generally, like I said, it's between four and six percent commission um, to be able to do for an agent to be able to list your home. So they think they're going to be able to sell their house. They're going to do it on their own. And I saw this stat where um, I think it's of like thirty-seven percent of people try to do for sale by owners. And maybe 11 of them possibly do for sale by owners. But generally, 87% of people, whenever they sell their home, utilize an agent yeah. to work. Because um, whenever you use an agent, they know they have the knowledge to be able to go to the database to see what your value or price. Compared to other... Yeah. To, now, a lot of people... And like one thing that we hate, especially in Mississippi around here, I hate Z estimates. 
Because with here, with Mississippi and certain... What is a Z estimate? Z estimates are on Zillow. Oh, and they give you Zillow, they, yeah. they say the value of your home. Like the estimated mortgage. Yeah. yeah. The, the estimated, like, for your house. Like, they, they think your house is, like, 400000 300 so. You're going to get $12.5 million for this 1,000-square-foot home. <laughs> yeah. But, like, a lot of them... And because, well, see, the thing is, Mississippi is a non-disclosure state. So, they don't know exactly how these homes sold. So they're just comparing different areas in different states, saying like this is the price it's of it. Dumb. So a lot of people have misconception, so they they overvalue their homes. And if you overvalue your homes, your homes are going to sit on the market longer. People, and when you see your house a house on the market longer, you immediately think there's something wrong with it, yeah. even though the house could be completely fine. It's just overpriced. And another thing too, um, generally like whenever you're selling a house yourself, um, you don't know the price, so you could actually undersell it. You could like somebody could say, "Hey, I'll give you one hundred eighty thousand dollars for your house," and you're thinking that's a great deal. Come like two weeks later, they're selling it for two hundred forty thousand. People get ripped all the time. I think it's about. Um, I wish I had my stats more. Um, like I think it's like sixty percent difference or sixty thousand dollars difference. I think it's twenty. Um, usually utilizing an agent and selling on your own. Um, there's a there was a stat in 2016. I believe it was a 24 percent difference God, in the price. Yeah, like it was between yeah. That uh, now it's I remember it was like one, the average house sold for like 190. Whereas with without an agent for sale by owner, while utilizing an agent sold for like 240, 240 thousand dollars. So I mean that's a that's a fifty thousand dollar difference in a house being able to be listed with an agent. Plus also. Most agents aren't going to want to deal with a for sale by owner because usually for sale by owners are more they don't know what they're doing, doing. or yeah. then they don't they won't give you compensation. Like no, you should just bring the buyers. I won't sell. So most agents will only go to other agents' houses because they know that they're already written in the MLS system, which is being sent out to like forty, fifty, like more websites than like just your regular old like Zillow, Trulia, and Realtor. Of course, it covers those, but it covers way more databases, so more people have eyes on it. Um, I forgot where I was running with this. But um, honestly, like if you have a chance, I would I would always try to do the for sale by owner because you might be able to do it. You might have the time and knowledge to be able to do it. But um, generally, you're going to go back to a real estate agent who's a, a professional yeah, on the subject. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's his job, and you can ask him any question you want. And you should be able a to real estate agent, and I would say this: if you're in Oxford, Mississippi, use Dan Finan. Okay, he's at Remax. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Dan. Oh, I thank appreciate you for having it. Me. Yeah, uh, he's look. He's gonna be a regular on the podcast. Honestly, me and Dan are both into sports. Yeah. Uh, At first, I thought this was gonna be a sports podcast. Then he told me last night, "No, nah, we're doing real estate." I'm like, oh, "Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, glad, I'm, I'm glad you told me this like right before we we're about to go live." Yeah, we were eating pizza. We we played uh, softball, and then we we're eating pizza. And I was like, "Hey, let's do our real estate podcast tonight." He said, "Wait, what? Real estate? <laughs> uh, we're we're probably gonna make another one in the next two weeks." On, I was like thinking uh, about my bracket that was shredded. I was thinking about like NBA. Uh, uh, the recent fires of golf. We'll, we'll do a sports podcast in the next uh, probably week or two because I want to talk about March Madness, uh, what's going on in the NBA because the NBA playoffs are coming up. Yep. Uh, you know, anything that's going on in the sports world, we both love sports. Uh, you know, the only hiccup I have right now, I'm, I'm going to start regularly releasing podcasts every week. Once I'm approved by Apple, I don't know what the deal is. Um, I'm waiting. I've been waiting about five business days. And that's what it says. So hopefully tomorrow or Friday I'll be approved. Uh, so on the the Ferb Experience podcast, we'll listen. You know, talk about everything. So uh, you know, I like ideas. You know, at first I know there's just going to be friends and family that's listening. Uh, hopefully I can get some regular listeners. Uh, if not, you know, it's fine. I, I I love talking to my friends and you know learning new things. I I really enjoyed it, Dan. Uh, mm, it was fun. Yeah. So if y'all want to uh, follow me on social media. I have a Twitter. It's at 
Ferb Experience, just like that. It's F-E-R-B Experience. That's it. Uh, and then our Instagram uh, is at the Ferb Experience Podcast. That's it, at the Ferb Experience Podcast. I just want to say thank you all for listening, and until next time. All right, good night. Good night. Welcome to the Ferb Experience Podcast. This is Nick Ferby. I'm your host. We got we got Will Gusmus in the car. I'm the driver. We got KP in the back. Introduce yourself. What's your name? Introduce yourself. Kayla Parker. All right. Who else? Molly Helms. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you have to say it loud enough. Molly Helms. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So now we're good. <laughs> so on this podcast, we talk about sports, professions, anything going on in the world at this particular time? motion. You what now? Are you going to say that every time? It's my intro, bro. Oh. You're talking. Look, this is a joint podcast. Let me tell y'all something. We're on the way to Atlanta. Uh, you want to see George Strait and Chris Stapleson? How do y'all feel in the back? The two ladies are in the back. How do y'all feel? How do I feel? Yeah, about George Strait and Chris Stapleton. Love George Strait. Chris Stapleton's mediocre. Whoa! And uh, Whoa. Ashley McBride's playing. You know, Love her. This podcast is not explicit, okay? So don't say explicit. Right. Oh, my bad. Um, Who else is going to be there? With those Ashley McBride and Chris Jansen, who I don't know him. Um, I don't know. How do you feel, Molly? Indifferent. I'm just kidding. Molly's a hater. She doesn't like George Strait. She doesn't like country music. <laughs> She's a, a tree hugger. However, <laughs> I what did this. Are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start over. Oh my god, that's bad. Start over. No, I, look, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna li- be able to hear in the car anyway. Yes, you can. Okay. You can literally set it across the room and you can still hear. Okay. But, but you're gonna hear background voice. Probably so, because we're in the car. Yeah. Well, let's start over. Look, oh. you can't just start life over, Molly. Let's, the listeners, let's, uh, let's take this as a lesson. You can't start life over, just like you can't start the podcast over. I mean, technically, you could. I could hit stop, and if I didn't pass the test on my CEUs today, I could start life over. How's that? In heaven, boy. What? <laughs> That's eternal, bro. We're getting deep on this podcast. Like <laughs> you can alter your room. My what now? But you can't die. Well, you know what I mean. Physically, you want to get That's what he's saying. Yeah. So tell us about your uh, your bike, Kayla. What happened? What were you doing? <laughs> give us give us some background, also. Okay. So I was trying to put the splint on a snapping turtle. What profession are you? Are I'm you an occupational you? therapist. Uh, no, right. <laughs> this isn't recording anymore. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so what's your? Was, uh, where'd you go to school at? For OT school? Yeah. Jackson at UMMC. Jackson, the University Jackson. of Mississippi Medical Center. That's where I got it. I was putting a splint on this lady, and she did not want it on there. And she bit my finger <laughs> like a snapping turtle. <laughs> then I had to go get a tetanus shot. It's just a fun time. How many shots? Is it just one you have to get? It's just one. Yeah. One shot, some antibiotics, some band-aids. 
and you're good to go. Did you get the day off though? But that's why I get paid the big bucks, so. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you get the day off? I did not get the day off. I had to do that on my own time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Would you fall on the chair? Off the, out of the chair. Oh, let's go through that story, Molly. What do you do? <laughs> Patient got up and went and got some help. No, they didn't. Like, <laughs> no, they didn't. Never gonna this <laughs> they did not. Uh, well, I had a patient in the room. I was by myself in the gym, and my patient and his wife, elderly wife, who had almost just as much trouble getting up and moving around as he did, and she was sitting in there just hanging out with us, and. He was in his wheelchair, and I was in the floor going through the, the stages of fall recovery. And uh, because the, the metal Whoa. part of the chair impaled my back. <laughs> and he, he was going, he was going, well, honey, get up and help her. Can't you see she's hurt? <laughs> no, it didn't really say that. I had to go get an x-ray. I thought I a punctured a kidney. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what did Denny say? Oh my goodness! Denny's Denny's our boss over there. She uh, she just was concerned for my well-being. Yeah. And then I was put on light duty for the rest of the day, and I, I was put on light duty for like the next two days also. Let's, let's put this on the record. What's that? Who's faster in a foot race? Oh my gosh! All right, let's talk about. I'm actually. Who doesn't strain their hamstring when they run? <laughs> Look, I'm actually dying at this moment. Um, so I have multiple things going on right now. Uh, the I'm first, it Carly, boy, I threw it in her face so hard. <laughs> the first thing that happened is I, I probably uh, blew up my finger. It's probably gonna have to get amputated soon. Uh, we're we're gonna There's try to. You know, I was told you about that podcast I was listening to. Lindsay Fitzharris, she's a medical historian. Yeah. Yeah, she was saying that pretty much amputation was huge. Back in the 1700s, they would just amputate if they didn't know what to do. They amputated. <laughs> Why? I swear. So they cut my finger off right they now. Cut your finger off. I'd punch them. I wouldn't. They I would not let it. them cut my finger off. I feel like there's another way to do it about my finger. I don't feel like it's pretty serious, but not as serious. It's a pretty cool you wouldn't have to amputate the whole thing, just the DIP. You know yeah. where? You know where Listerine came from? Where? There's, there was a doctor. His his last name was Lister. Yeah. He came, he came up with it. Like, where the ean come from? Ger- he killed germs. Where the ean? Yeah, you're not so smart now, are you? I don't know. (laughs) I got him. (laughs) I'm just messing. (laughs) Um, Anyway, there was probably one of the best hitters on our softball team that was up hitting grounders to everyone. Uh, And, you know, me, being a real real fun guy, you know, I was like, hey, man, I I want some more grounders. So uh, the best hitter on the team, Will, is hitting grounders as hard as he can at me. I mean – they're pretty much like they're pretty much not even touching the ground. They're just like once. That's it, you know. Uh, and then it was dark outside. I only had one contact in, and it had dirt in it. This story is not <laughs> <so> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> well, anyway, 
he hit it and i mean he hit it so hard it was whistling it was like like that when it was coming <laughs> hit the ground one time hopped and it had a natural curve like a four seam fastball you know i don't know what happened when it came off that bat the bat might be hot uh anyway hits my finger at 103 miles per hour uh they had a gun checking his bat speed and everything uh but it's okay i woke up this morning barely uh had to hit snooze three times <laughs> yeah <no. laughs> that's my laugh uh also i have a hamstring strain uh me and will yeah, I know. Dad has a torn over and they stress fracture <laughs> yeah. on his toes. We're getting hurt from softball, yeah. Okay. Dad, old. He, he's been running a lot more than I do, so. Yeah, yeah. I feel like is. that's what's wrong with yeah. Anyway, me and my friend Will raced the first time I smoked him. And then Will was like, oh, I want to race for a longer distance because I think I can beat you. Ba, 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 you know? And me. I don't give a crap. I get up there. I said, let's go race right now, boy. I don't care. <laughs> we scoot back. How far was it? Like 100 yards? It's pretty far. Probably 80. I don't know. It's pretty far. Anyway, I was smoking Will again. He was gaining on me. Then all of a sudden, my hamstring said, whoa there. Whoa, nanny. Look, slow down. And it was like, uh, it just locked up on me. And we Will barely won, still, with a torn hamstring. And, uh... I just collapsed after the finish line. I still finished the race. Like, Kobe shot his free throws after his torn Achilles. I finished the event. He really did that? Yeah, he, he shot two free throws after he tore his Achilles. Hey. Pretty awesome. He, he like, injured on the play that he got, the, he got fouled on? Yeah, yeah, he got he got hurt, yeah. yeah he, he heard it pop and everything. And you know what's crazy is LeBron got cramps in the finals and he had to be carried off the court, you know. Let's not talk about that anyway. So, uh, how was y'all's week, man, back in the back? Yeah, the millennials on their phones. We're doing a podcast. You're recording this podcast yeah. on a phone. <laughs> so how did y'all say? How else do I do it? We're in a car. <clears throat> uh, we need to. How did y'all's week go? Bes- yes. yes. Besides getting bit, my week was pretty. You're natural. Okay? Pretty good. You uh, I don't know. That's how you hold it. On my last podcast I was on, this is we actually had a real setup and everything, oh, but yeah, you know, okay. you know iPhone will do. So yeah. we are in a car, but Molly's got a story for us. Let's hear it. Molly. She's about to tell, girl. <laughs> Two stories. Okay, Molly, tell us about your week. Will's got a story. He says he doesn't need to say, but he's about to tell it anyway. Podcast give yours. This is for the firm experience. What's the story, fella? <laughs> Basically, from what I learned from my last podcast, Ke- the Kellogg's, the cereal, was made to fight against masturbation. Wait, what? I swear! I'm being serious. Yeah, I, you know, I have to tell parents and patients. I'm being serious. Family members about this podcast. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about something else. They were thinking the sugar we're looking and stuff up. caused all that. Back in the 1700s, 1800s. That's actually true. I, I swear I'm what? So Kellogg's was yes, created I'm to serious. fight masturbation. Yes, but... You want like, me to read this to you? Yeah, first, sure, sure. At first, on, Kellogg's well. had no... I do not have the copyrights to this. I'm not even sure if that's the right word. Trademark. <laughs> I'm not writing anything. Mr. Kellogg, the man who created cornflakes, produced a cereal in late 
19th century and marketed it as healthy, ready to eat, anti-masturbatory morning meal. <laughs> that is straight from the mouth of Mr. Kellogg himself. 1878. We're going strong back then. Uh, fun, fun facts. Because of the fiber content, he, like they thought that it would like made you not want to masturbate. But then later on, his brother was like, "Hey, this is a pretty good cereal. Let's add some sugar to it." And it wasn't for his brother; it, it was today. for his mom. Would you say? What? what? It was for his mom. That's why he created oh, I it. Know, I didn't know that. His mom had a. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, all right. We're probably there, not going to... There's, there's some yeah. of the product that had something to do with the masturbation thing. All right, anyway, what's y'all's favorite George Strait song? Let's go um, around. Don't you say mine. You can't say mine. I'll say mine first so you can't copy it. Troubadour. All right. Ooh. Let me think. Amarillo by Morning. Oh, I like that one. Nah. Is that your favorite one? Take the mic, Molly. Take the mic, Molly. <laughs> What's your favorite George Strait song? I don't know. I love a lot of the songs. I don't. I just can't check yes or no. Yeah, give us your top three then. I like that one. Check yes or no. Yeah. I'll say that one's my favorite. Okay. Well. Troubadour. Boy, let's go. You gotta like that song, man. Spotify trips all the time, man. They take it off, put it back on. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, that is a good one. I like. Ooh, I like a lot of them. You know, he actually released a new album yesterday. That's crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called like uh, Take Me Back to the Honky Tonk or something. Hold on, hold on. All right. That may not be right. Yeah, I hope you place the old I'm ones. Let me go to Spotify and find it just so I don't tell the people wrong. Honky Tonk Time Machine. That's what it's called. I hope I don't get another speeding. Oh, Sing One with Willie, Willie Nelson. What is that? Trying to copy it. I don't know. Get behind these shades. They're singing. Well, that's well, you can really sing. Can really sing. Yeah, try for the voice. Is that like the hottest, like, uh, singing thing now, or no? All I can say. Oh my gosh. Actually. So why don't you sing uh, Two Steps, yeah, Molly? So let's, let me give you a little background on this song. Uh, me and Molly used to work in the swing bed together in the hospital, <laughs> treating patients. Uh, she would steal people from me. and. Uh, that is a lie. You would steal people from me. I would. Look, I'd say, hey, don't let Molly come get you. I'm going to come get you in a minute. <laughs> Just let her break them down and you can... That's what I do to Daryl. Because <laughs> I want to treat him first so I can treat him for an hour. So he get four units. I want to be productive. So wear them out. And then when it's time for me to treat him, be like, I can't... I can't Productivity, boy. I'm productive. <laughs> That one that we used to treat all the time where we could treat him for uh, four units and then four units, he'd always be like, Molly got me. I'm sorry. Come back in the afternoon. I might take it. <laughs> all right. Let me go get Maxis's transfer times we two and 230. We would fight about 
about who would get to get certain people. We wouldn't fight. In the we would fight. We'd, we would, yes, we would argue about I, who. I punched her one time, but I mean, didn't. knocked her out. <laughs> she woke up at 10. That was an unproductive day, boy. It was very unproductive. <laughs> <laughs> said, still Diddy said, how can you account for these two hours? Molly said, I ate an Uncle Sandwich, boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got knocked out, boy. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so uh, I would play songs on Spotify. Shout out Spotify because Apple has not approved me for my podcast yet. Y'all suck. I don't know why they haven't, but uh, I'd play oldies, you know, like 70s, uh, 60s, you know, uh, early 80s because, you know, mid 80s, that's just not really an oldie, you know. Uh, and Molly has one song that she would always sing that would make me turn my phone off and leave the room. Uh, and what is that song? Who who's the artist of that song? Tony Orlando in the Dawn. Oh, okay. Uh, I wonder if I can play a song while I'm doing the podcast. That is copyright. Well, it's on Spotify, but so. I doubt anyone's listening, so. <laughs> right now they're not. 